When you get into the business networking community mm. up there, I- anywhere like Connecticut, New Jersey, New yes. York, I have really strong um, connections in that area. Yeah. And I've never been there on a business right. trip. Like I've just created those connections that have lasted over a year, year and a half. Yeah. When you meet those people there, they just want their relationships too. Oh yeah, we've yeah. got we've got both team members and clients all through New England, uh, Maryland, Massachusetts, uh, Maine, New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it benefits their business. We're very capitalist, <laughs> very capitalist. I make less money when I'm mean, you know. But I guess you don't when you work, you know, a, a normal job. I don't know. I just uh, I can't I can't run my business like that. Sure. I told you I told you I, I had a stint in car sales, right? Right. Yeah, right. and uh, it's just way too cutthroat, right? Like right. every salesperson for themselves. It's all about the you know bottom line, rip off everyone you can uh, if it means more money. That's just not how I like to do business. Turns out I don't hate selling. I love selling. Sure. I just hate selling junk. Right. <laughs> Want right. to sell something I believe in, something that's going to you know help someone else's business really succeed. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you introduce yourself? Tell people what your business is. Yeah, absolutely. My name is uh, Joshua Riestead. I'm the founder and managing owner of digital marketing agency, Our Creative. We help businesses increase their online leads or sales, ideally in as little as 90 days. Um, I'm also an entrepreneur. This is actually my second business, and uh, I'm an investor in a third in online education platform. So I have my hands in a few things. Sure. Yeah. And it's exciting. I appreciate you being here. Yeah, I appreciate being here. I think we've been friends almost as long or, you know, yeah, basically almost as long as you've been in Georgia. Absolutely. I, you know, I plugged into business networking as soon as I got down here because you have to. And uh, yeah, met you, I think, at one of the first, you know, things that I was uh, visiting. What? uh, When did you feel your entrepreneurial spirit? Oh, man. First feeling my entrepreneurial spirit. I'd say when I was a kid and wanted like a coffee shop slash bookshop, but I think I really wanted that so I could just like read books and right. drink coffee, not so much around a business. But I, I've always wanted to be, you know, one of three things, a pastor, astronaut or business owner. And I guess the third one is what's panned out. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. But you did have a stint in as being a pastor as well, right? I did. Yeah. So my formal education is actually in theology. Um, I've got... I went to Moody Bible Institute and had a stint in Concordia Theological. Uh, so I spent five years as a youth pastor. Loved it. Loved working with kids. Um, but started having kids of my own and sure. was really working like full-time for part-time pay. Mm-hmm. Just wasn't panning out. And so I, I flipped the equation instead of moonlighting web development and working in the church. I now volunteer in the nonprofit space and the web development has turned into an agency I run and don't even develop anything for. But, sure. uh, you know, that's... that. Side hustle became my full time gig, so I just flipped the equation. I really think I do everything better, right? With a team, I'm making better websites than I ever did, and uh, just having the freedom of not worrying about budgets or money or or like a work schedule and volunteering where I feel like it needs to happen and sure. give back where I feel like it needs to happen. I I feel like I'm giving more into that as well. So sure. it's just been good all around. That's one thing that I've always found that was pretty unique about you guys is that you've always been excited about something beyond the business. Mm. It's like every time that that we talk is something new that you're excited about. Yeah. Like, hey, we're still doing and it, have you you've read Start with Why? Yeah. So I always think of the video, the way that he's doing his TED Talk, that he breaks it down so eloquently about Mm. Apple, about we just so happen to be good at making computers. Yes. And that's how I feel like your business as well as our business, hopefully, um, operates is like, we just so happen to be really good at increasing your digital online leads, but we are networkers and connectors and platform builders. Yes. um, And that's really what's exciting to me. So you've started your own 
kind of networking sphere as well, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm the founder of uh, the Cobb Christian Business Network. Uh, we're small now. We've only been doing it a few, you know, a few months. Um, but it kind of initiated because so much is virtual and I still do a ton of virtual networking. Um, but there's uh, another six businesses that I was talking to all around the same time, just totally unrelated discussions uh, where people were like, yeah, I really want to. Um, you know, a, a prayer focused, kind of spiritually focused in person business, you know, community. Sure. Um, and so after I kept hearing this from a few different businesses, you know, I just reached out to these half dozen other businesses and said, okay, we're all talking about doing this. Let's just, let's just buckle down and all do it together. So uh, we run somewhere between, you know, six and 12 businesses a week, um, but totally open networking, you know, no sure. obligation. But it's been refreshing for me because I got I've got all kinds of business between referrals and our own online leads and stuff. Um, I don't so much need a business networking group to drive business per se. I need it to drive relationships, friendships, uh, connect me with potential uh, contractors with new opportunities in entrepreneurship. Right. It's like for me, it's about the relationships and uh, relationships that I get to pour into and derive joy from leave those networking events like recharged and energetic about my business sure yeah and um a friend another friend of mine was just here before you um so for anybody that's seeing me in my same shirt i apologize <laughs> glenn i promise it was the same day um my friend glenn so he's very um heavy he's actually an author speaker you actually yeah. like him a lot he's, he's a really really awesome guy he runs a him. he runs a business now um dry cleaning business oh cool um, and they just absolutely kill it i mean they're they're awesome at what they do but he was talking about this morning how like being relationship oriented is like I always go to these networking meetings or you know these opportunities to meet new people and my mindset is how can I help someone right is like how can I solve a problem for someone yeah and he talks about how much business he gets from just staying within that mindset of of service and relationship and community and man it's crazy what you find when you start something from that like it when you're right. when you're okay with counting your fruits after they've bared you know yeah. what i mean so yeah like we started the mp group presents from a place of like really reaction to fear really is sure. what it was and it wasn't really our fear um our boss ain't letting us go anywhere you know like oh, sure. we're, we're on a ship now where we're gonna figure it out whatever we have to sell absolutely you know what i mean like yeah. that guy he didn't find the best merchant service salesman in the world he <laughs> we created a family of yes. people that we wouldn't turn our back on yeah you know what i mean that's so, awesome like we created the mp group presents not as we kind of saw we were getting good at what we were doing. Yep. And we also saw that we all have this kind of innate leadership quality within sure. our networking groups. And so we decided everyone is really scared about the ability to run their business over yeah. the next undisclosed amount of time. Sure. So everyone with the networking space is like really just closing their doors and telling everybody's mm. going to be okay and we're just going to hold off on everything and we'll be back in just a couple of months. Well, that didn't happen. Yeah. So we started the MP Group Presents from a place of if you want to continue networking and meet our network, yes. you know, kind of a company that you look up to, if right. you want to meet our network, come check it out. It's yeah. completely free. Created an environment of, hey, you have to spend time in this room and create the relationships with people right. to get anything out of this room. Yeah. And it was incredible, not even the only the amount of business that 
that everyone that was coming was doing, we were doing a ton too. Oh, sure. And I've only observed that a few times. Really, within our own business, I've only observed that a few times. Um, that time specifically, mm-hmm. the podcast and really creating the loop of reaching out to people and saying, hey, we, sure. we want to do this podcast where you can kind of highlight your business. Yeah. That's one of those things that was, you know, it's been good for us, but it didn't start out as that super intentional aspect of marketing, sure. you know? So it's rare. It's very rare, but it's super. It, it's exactly in line, basically, with what everyone that is in the business networking space wants to do. You, yeah. you want to build an intentional community that is like-minded people with like goals. Yes, you know? it's it's uh, it's marketing as relationship building, mm-hmm. but that only works if the marketing isn't the goal right. of the relationship building. Right. Yeah, right. You have to create that community. You you have to find the like-minded people. Yes. And then align your goals and not meet under, hey, we all have aligned goals and we want to make more money. Right. And then just plug anybody with those goals in there. It's just different. It's yeah. just a different it's just a different approach to building that that community and network. So yeah. what what was your experience with other faith based networking before your own? Are are there yeah. I'm assuming there's those other communities out there for sure. Absolutely. But I didn't know really how those those people operated. Yeah, so there's really two types of like faith based business groups. Um the one is, uh, hey, we're a Christian networking group, and uh, you all come and you shake hands and hand out business cards and you know try to line up meetings. Typical open networking event. It just happens that yeah, it's kind of marketed that way, marketed as a Christian event, and that's not what I wanted to go for. That's not what um, these other businesses that were starting it with me were really looking for. The other type of event doesn't market itself as a business networking grant uh, event. You have like uh, Christian business owners that get together for breakfast, prayer, Bible study, that sort of thing. My my vision for this for the Cobb Christian Business Network, uh, which you can find at CobbChristianBusiness.net, is uh, a, a group. Yes, we pray and and we read a little bit of scripture. But the gist of it was to build trust in relationships by sharing intentionally um, trials that we're going through in our businesses that we can pray for each other about or maybe help each other with, as well as praises, op- you know, things we're thankful for uh, that's been going on in the business. And that uh, that vulnerability that's been in that room with six to 12 businesses right now has been uh, massive. And so much business has been passed between these members, despite the fact that it's fairly new and not all of them knew each other right away because trust forms really fast when one business owner comes and he says, hey, I'm, you know, I've been having a lot of trouble with this particular type of client situation or I'm, I'm trying to scale my business and this is what I'm going through is really hard and, and asking for prayer. Because we have a tendency to go into networking events, whether it be Christian or secular, we go into an event and we kind of have a sales face. Sure. Right? I, have, I have a sales mode I go in into mm-hmm. when I get on a sales call. We all do. And we have a tendency to get into these networking groups and we, we don't let the true Bailey or Joshua show. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. You're in sales mode. Mm-hmm. Right. And I wanted a group where we were we were getting we were getting down to the the foundation of what's going on in, in us as business owners um, and just trusting that if those relationships built out of that vulnerability, out of that transparency, that the business would follow. Um, and so far it's working because I, I firm I'm a firm believer that good business is built on good relationships, no matter what the context for that is, if it's an online group networking event, if it's a podcast, if it's, you know, client and uh, client and customer and uh, whatever the basis for that relationship is. I mean, that's that's where good business stands. Sure. Yeah. How did you train yourself to become a salesperson? Oh, wow. Um, 
I, I would say there's a few I- ingredients there. Um, the the not surprising one is probably that stint in auto sales that I had, where they actually trained me on sales. Uh, and uh, there's giant pieces of that training that I took, and I said, "Oh, that's interesting." Then I chucked it in the wastebasket because <laughs> it's crap. Uh, and they were trying to sell cars, and some of it's gimmicky. Um, but there's pieces of that training as far as uh, you know how to handle things like talking about money actually closing the deal follow-ups that was immensely helpful that I didn't realize I'd ever use. Um, But something that I'm constantly shocked at as I continue to grow my business is how much my experience in religion has helped me become a salesperson. Um, Grew up in a really traditional Baptist church. I'm not Baptist anymore, but grew up in a really traditional Baptist church where you went door to door, knock on doors like Jehovah Witnesses or Mormons and, you know, tell people about Jesus. And that's, uh, people hate talking religion, politics, or money. I love talking all of those things. But you get really nervous before that sort of thing. And um, and then try and close the deal. Hey, will you come with me to to church, or would you pray to accept Jesus, or whatever the whatever the goal might be? Um, I don't do that in that way anymore. But that experience when I was younger, I think, really prepared me for um, you know seeing trying to form a genuine connection with someone while still having a goal for that conversation. Sure. Right. So my first step in any sales moment is to make a genuine connection with that person, not recognizing that, hey, this may or may not pan out. And sometimes I, I have a sales call, we end up making a referral instead of a sale, and that's okay too. Right. But make that genuine connection. But the the goal of that sales call is ultimately to lead to the next step. For for us, usually that's a strategic proposal. So sure. we actually, we have a sales process that our creative would go through that I've I've put together. But I think my experience in religion and then my experience in auto sales have both been uh, very helpful. I wouldn't say I've trained myself in sales. I'd say between those experiences and you know books and just talking to people that have been successful as salespeople, business people, that's that's what's helped. Um, well, it seems like there's two kind of underlying things there. Mm. One is that you believe in your product. I do. You do better when you believe in your product, when you believe in yourself and you believe in yep. what you're talking about. You obviously do better in that fashion. But the other aspect is you're very process-minded. Yeah. Like you, you definitely have the mind – in the way that your mind works, whatever you know, whatever I'm, word I'm looking for sure. to describe that you know type of mindset is that analytical. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. just very setting up your process. It's like yep. get, getting something, repeating that process a bunch of times until yes. I have a bunch of data, and then tweaking that process based on the data I have. Right. It's like you're inclined to use the scientific method the way that it was designed to be used. Yes. You know yep. that whatever that word is. You know, <laughs> and. It makes a lot of sense. Yep. You know, it, ma- it makes a ton of sense that, and you can actually probably pull this up. I think it's Grant Cardone, but there's like a 10 commandments of sales mm. as well. Um, and I was actually just reading, I was actually reading a book that introduced this to me first, but then I was listening to a podcast where they were kind of comparing sales to religion. Oh, yeah. And how they kind of work hand in hand and how the delivery and how the process is. And it, and everyone kind of needs some of that experience. Yeah. You know, if you really want to push yourself out of your comfort zone sure. and you got one of those experiences really, really early, like really, and the hardest yeah. one. Like the hardest one that you could probably possibly be oh, selling sure. really, really early. <laughs> yeah, you know that's what that's it's an uh, experience that you can't replace. You know how many door to door salespeople I meet uh, that are former Mormons. Um, oh yeah, met one from Pest Control do Company really well. literally just a couple weeks ago, and I, I complimented him on his sales process. I bought, I dropped the company I was with, went with him, and talked to him. Do about you listen his sales to process. all your 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 door knockers? 
Oh, I do. Yeah, yeah, we listen to every pitch. Anybody that knocks on our door and comes in here, they're pitching at least half our office. My, my wife is like kind of running to get away, and there's someone knocking on the door. I'm like, I don't care if it's religious or a salesperson. I can't wait. Like, I'm like, oh yeah, let's go, let's For talk. Sure. I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah. So yeah, this is a, this is a good one. Yeah, if you yeah not talk too much, I like that one. Um, Take competition's name in vain. Yeah, you definitely don't want to be competitive. Mm-hmm. No, I tell people all the time, I'm not worried about my competition. There's a ton of it. For sure. That's for sure. That's not what I'm here to do. <laughs> Scroll down a little more. I want to see what the bottom ones were that we didn't get to see. Build trust. Think only of today. Mm. Not talk too much. Not depend on luck. Not accept excuses from mm. procrastinating buyers. Not yeah. blame others for your own lack of results. Spot on. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah. Well, and uh, you know what I think is interesting? Because I run a digital marketing agency and we're trying to help other businesses drive more leads and sales, we're trying to get them to increase their revenue. Um, that that process that we go through to sell for ourselves, we, we need to bring that kind of mindset to our clients, mm-hmm. even for the top of the sales funnel. We might not be the salespeople on the phone, but we need to think about, hey, who are you reaching online? Is it your target market? How are they? How are they? You know, connecting with your brand. What are the next steps they need to be taken? We need an actual process. We can't be depending on luck with your website or or your online marketing, right? We have to move people through that process while making a genuine connection with them on the web. So it's very much that same mindset, but mm-hmm. in a in a slightly different context. Sure. Yeah. And what what are good clients for you? Like, what are what are the? Because like yeah. we just had a guy on here. Was uh, Corey yesterday? Corey Faulkner. Corey Faulkner, he's actually a friend of mine. You you probably like to meet him, but they do. Um, he's a marketing company. He started out in video production, oh, and cool. he had a good friend of his that was in marketing, digital marketing. Yeah, and well, they actually do print ads. They they kind of run the whole gamut as far as what you're what you're talking about. Sure. But they're very niche as, as to who their ideal client is. Yeah, HVAC companies and used car dealerships. You believe it or not, that's awesome. Um, but he's very very specific, and he's he's really really good. Yeah, sometimes like niching really down really, really far is uh, just the way to go. I made a, a weird decision early on in my business not to niche too much. Um, I say too much for me because we already had certain market segments we were succeeding in, and I just wanted to, I wanted to leverage that. So we work with growing and established businesses. Um, we're, we're at a mid-range price point, uh, so you'll spend less if you work with a freelancer building their portfolio. You'll spend more if you work like a top firm in New York City, right? Sure. Um, but that also means we're kind of priced out of like the mom-and-pop shop. Right the small solopreneur, that sort of thing. So growing and established businesses are really where where we thrive because um, they have the budget to really make some of this a reality. But How long did it take you to get to that um, decision right there? Yeah. Like, I've priced myself out of a certain market, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> we, we made that decision within year one. Oh, so good. we actually went into, when we started the business, so then I guess I'll, I'll circle back to this question about markets because there are some industries we really serve well in. Um, but we started this business, my wife and I, she was a content writer at the time working for the largest publishing house in the world, uh, but making more money writing at night than working for the publishing house. So she quit her job and was doing the writing full time. You know, ebooks, landing pages, blog posts, product descriptions, boring stuff, but it makes money. Um, a ton of money. Yeah. And uh, I had been a freelance web developer and she was like, a lot of your web clients could use writing work and vice versa. Let's start a little agency. And I immediately said, that's dumb. 
Uh, I have a, <laughs> a full time job in the city with benefits. I'm not doing that. So two weeks later, I quit my job anyway. And we did you it. need to take some notes when everybody <laughs> has an idea for you. Uh, so we, we went ahead and took the plunge, and uh, it was crazy. We made like no money right away. You know, husband and wife hand me down table, and I was like, hey, as long as we're paying our bills, I'm cool. Um, but we knew when we started the business that we wanted to be working with growing and established businesses. I'd been a web developer for over a decade at that time, and she had been a content writer for a few years and was really succeeding. Um, and so we we actually started our our pricing and our model at the upper end of that low range. We started in the the low tier price wise just to cut out some of our competition in the geographic area and actually get into the market. Um, but we knew we had a plan to raise prices at six months a year, 18 months. Um, sure. Because we, we had a goal. And a lot of people don't realize price is a part of marketing. Sure. Um, so uh, if you it's sell a huge a, part. Huge part. And, and, and it happens online, too. So if you have a sweatshirt and it's priced at a certain, you know, at, at a higher price point and people believe in your brand, they're immediately going to trust that that's a, you know, quality product. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it actually is, they'll keep coming back. Um, but if you price it too low, they're going to assume it's a it's a poor quality product. And the same goes for services. So don't under don't undersell yourself. Um, I, it's advice I give any creative professional. You know, you should be making what what your services or products sure. are worth. Yeah. So we we knew right away we needed to be um, we needed to be in the you know growing an established business market. You know, we're talking businesses with you know a dozen plus employees at, at, at least. Um, uh, but it took a little while to build that up and really get that rolling. So now, now we work with some sizable companies uh, across the country. Um, we still work with small small businesses, but usually it's limited services, um, things like that. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, that's exciting. You know, I actually had um, who was on here that was telling us um, what was uh, Kim Daly? That's who it was. She was telling us if you're gonna say no, I'm gonna help you say no so fast. Do you remember that? <laughs> oh, man, I took that to heart. She's yes. like, if you're going to say no and you're not um, my ideal client or looking to buy, she's like, I am going to ask you the questions that's going to help you say no so yep. fast. We talk we talk about goals, budget. We talk about what the price points are going to be in conversation one. Mm-hmm. We don't want to string you along for three conversations if you it's You don't want to right. string yourself along. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It takes a ton of time. It takes a ton of time to vet those people. Yeah. And it's and it's a waste of their time too. So, you know, business is about helping other people as much as it is helping yourself. It's mutually beneficial relationships is mm-hmm. where good business happens. And uh, if you've got someone who they need the services that you provide, but they're not in the budget for what you provide, um, it, it's it's hurting them right. to keep having those conversations because that's time that they're not getting the solution that And they it need. affects your bottom line too because if yeah. you're spending if that is the the if that is the um, standard for the way that you're walking people through yep. the process is like, hey, every one call, touch, no, mm-hmm. or yes, turns into a three no, three call, no, or yes. Oh, sure. It affects the bottom lines of you and your clients then, yeah. too, because you're you're restricting the amount of time that you have to spend growing your business or yes. increasing a portfolio of products that you may be able to administer to the same people that have already bought from you. That's right. So it, it affects every aspect of your business. And yeah. I really took that to heart when I said that. I was mm. like, oh, but... You really want to see where that relation goes and, and what people have for you. And, like, there's nothing wrong. There's a complete ability to still have a relationship yes. with people and not have 
all of the interaction that's wasting both of your times. Yeah, and it, the relationship doesn't have to die because someone said no right. either. So a lot of times it's it's no, and then you connect them with someone, uh, or it's the no is really a not yet. They're not in the market yet, and they try the cheap service or the easy to find service that is you know they're really in the market for, and it doesn't meet their sat you know what what they what they actually want. And two years later, they come calling you up because you you have that relationship, even though you know the answer was no mm-hmm. initially. So. Yeah, well, your industry is kind of dealing with some of the same stuff as mine. Whereas mm-hmm. you you um, everybody's kind of racing to the bottom with the technology yes. aspect of it. Is like, yeah. hey, now we can do a three hundred dollar website. Well, we can do it for two fifty. Like, what is that going to get you? You know what I mean? It's nothing. It's yeah. going to get you. Hey, you can go on Squarespace. Squarespace, and for twenty nine dollars a month, you can build your own website, and it'll right. look like it'll look like AT and T's website. <laughs> no, it won't. No, no, it won't. You know, all yeah. it does is put a black eye out there for what you want later. Yeah. You know, and and you're probably creating more work for people, eliminating that from sure. the internet when they actually do talk to someone. Well, well I think. It's actually a mistake for other other web companies to um, consider drag and drop uh, yeah. web builders, volume based building to yeah. be competition, or even freelancers to be competition. We're we're actually selling to different clients. Sure, right? We're, yeah. it's it's we we and offer a lot of similar services. working together. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, and you know how many clients we end up getting where it was a small business, they built their own website, and now they're bigger. And they need custom work there or they need to rebuild or what have you. I mean, I explain it to people like buying a car, um, you know, go, going back to that car experience. Sure. So when, when you and I bought our first car, our requirements were probably, I know mine was, it goes and it fits my budget, mm-hmm. right? Did you have any other requirements? I didn't. No. <laughs> but when, when you go to buy the second car, you got, you got some capital, mm-hmm. right? And you're like, okay. My payments need to be under this amount. I like the the technology in the dash, yeah. and what's the you know I've got a kid. What's the safety rating? And I'm commuting to the city. What's you know what's the gas? I've got all these requirements buying car number two. So I tell people, hey, if websites were cars, we don't sell your first car. I can make a referral on where you can find your first car. We sell that next car when you're really when you really know what you need. You're already getting from point A to point B. Now you're ready to do it right. Mm-hmm. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Hey. Put that in the uh, R&D department <laughs> right there for sure. That's what uh, Glenn told me this morning. He said, I've always been a fan of business with an R&D department, the the rob and duplicate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it makes a lot of sense because, I mean, our industry is doing the same thing. Yes. Our industry is going to Square and Stripe and PayPal and, yep. like, everybody, like, who owns PayPal? Who owns Cash App? Mm-hmm. It's Square. Yep. It's just Square and Stripe. It's all the same four companies. Yeah, you know? I mean, Venmo's owned by PayPal now. Yeah. Um, so, and, and they're always, all they're doing, I mean, as you know, is they're just, uh, they're taking the highest rates and they're charging it for every card mm-hmm. and they're keeping the difference and they're always siding with a customer in a dispute, even if it's total crap. Sure. Um, and so it's just not, it's just not good for most businesses. So easy to get in. Yeah, it's yeah, it's but, ridiculous. Yeah, 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 it's just not, and not, that's exactly what it is. Is like some of those really good introductory product. Mm-hmm. Like you need something to, you're fine tuning your business and you're making these changes and you're solving other problems. Yep. And the last thing you want to do is pay monthly fees for merchant services mm-hmm. that are barely going to get used. Yeah, that is a nice first car. 
Yeah. You know? Uh, PayPal but, was our first payment processor, and it rocked year one. Right. And then come year three, when I was worked. driving a lot of revenue, it was very bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it happens yep. that way. You know, yep. and, it, and it happens that way. And, you know, we, you and I both are just trying to uh, to solve different problems. Yeah. You know, and help yeah. people and connect with people. And I think that's what makes our businesses so unique. Yeah. You know, I think that's why we have um, done as well as we have. Absolutely. Know? So what, what's next for you guys? That's a great question. So for, for the business or mm-hmm. me personally? Both. both. Yeah, that, that's great. So for the Your business, rugby career is next for you personally. I hope. Oh, man. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> next time you see me, I'm going to like all be bandaged up, cool. casts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to say, next time you see me, I'm going to be like fully full body tattooed oh, and weight 240 pounds. Hey, like, I, that would be awesome. I work out. I do the protein shakes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And hey, I'm not as thin as not I used to be. Protein. But yeah, it's not it's not uh, not going rugby. Yeah. I'll rugby tell you a level. secret. You're you're never going to look like those guys. <laughs> no. I'm not either. So no worries. You'd have to change your genetics. Uh, so. Well, for, for our creative, I really think that for our clients and people that are watching us from the outside, it's going to look very much the same for the next probably two to four years. But my goals for the company are, are pretty lofty. So we're a team of about 15 now. Um, I've got one assistant. I'm about to hire a second, just part time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to bring on some W2 people. i, I going to bring on a project manager, stop managing so many of the projects myself, continue to grow the team. Um, a lot of that, a, a lot of the growth is really about getting great people in the company who can just, uh, you know, work as a cohesive unit to drive results for our clients. So sure. we're just going to continue to scale and do so in a way where I, as the owner, I'm, I'm focusing on growing the business as a brand and as an asset um, and spending less time. You know, I already don't do uh, like any development, but spending even less time on things like project management, sure. team management, sure. um, just continuing to grow the business. We have the system. We have the brand. Uh, we have the client base. Um, I don't think we need to deeply rethink what our creative is. Um, I think we just need to keep doing even better at, sure. at who we are yeah well i'll tell you your business as well as our business is night and day from the first time we we met you know the world is for sure but uh man it's just night and day it's just we, completely different we we're um we're rocking and rolling i mean during covid you know we had a slight dip in customers then a huge boon in customers and um we took the opportunity to buckle down on our rebrand that we wanted sure. to do and we're like hey this is a time when other businesses are cutting back Competitively, this is, I believe, this is time when we should push hard. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, how do people find you if they want to talk to you? If they want to buy you something, send a referral. Our, our creative, the letter R, word creative, dot marketing. That's a, that's a domain ending now, dot marketing. So, our creative, dot marketing. They can find us online. Uh, That's the best way to get a hold of us. Um, and, uh, yeah, for me personally, I'm just going to keep growing this business, my other business, and focusing on my family and finding more ways to spend time with my family and not let the businesses run my life, but run my businesses. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for you, man. Thanks, dude. I'm glad to have known you known you this long, and I'm excited um, just to can, can keep solving problems for people. You know, yeah. And as we find them, right we'll on. send them your way. So. Love it. Likewise. Right. Thanks, man. Thanks, Bailey. Cool.